Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome to the Dr. Hockey Podcast. Welcome to the Dr. Hockey Podcast. I've got a very special guest today, a return engagement for Jim Fox. Jim, how are you doing? Doing great, Doc. Thanks very much for having me again. Oh, I'm really glad you could do it. You know, uh, the last time I saw you was actually at the uh, Russian Five showing down at uh, Staples. That was right, very Jim. cool. That was cool. It's a, it's a great story. It's an interesting story. It's an exciting story. A lot to be learned from it. And uh, I think it's become very, very popular. Yeah, that, that film is, uh, is is going off. I wonder uh, if they'll, they'll do an upgraded. They should do like a... Uh, a uh, fictional version of it <laughs> would be kind of cool. <laughs> you could, then you could add all the goodies into it, so it'd be fun. Well, you're out, it looks like you're out there in Vegas and uh, enjoying the playoffs. I mean, what a what a great venue, and and uh, the two teams are amazing. It looks like you know the Golden Knights got off to a pretty good start last night. Were you at the game? Yes, uh, I've been doing uh, various games throughout the second round, and now I'll be doing the entire series. Uh, Vegas against Montreal for the Vegas games. We're in Vegas for Montreal. We're not going to travel to Montreal. Um, the restrictions in Canada, just uh, you have to quarantine and a whole bunch of stuff. So it's basically uh, it's basically a hotel and arena if you're in Montreal and back and forth and you can't go anywhere else. So right. we're going to be doing them out of our studios in, in Simi Valley. Uh, so Los Angeles basically and, uh, and get it done that way. But yeah, the, you know, it's, Coming out of the pandemic, so to speak, um, when you see a full building like Vegas had, the T-Bombo Arena, and, you know, everyone just hopping and yelling and screaming. Uh, I did a couple of games at the uh, NASA Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Long Island. Yeah. Um, Bruins and the Islanders. So uh, that that was pretty – that was packed also. So I think it's a, it's going a long way to help everyone hopefully get back to a little bit back to a normal. Well, it looked like they were sold out crowd there last night. It was going crazy. I mean, uh, the Golden Knights definitely uh, rose to the occasion. But, you know, I think that that game would have been a lot closer than it seemed uh, on the ice. I think that that both teams were really gunning it. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, I mean, what a what an amazing – just a, a, the story and then the fact that he's – everyone's, oh, he's done. You know, we're going to leave him exposed for the expansion draft. And he's – He's the premier goaltender in these uh, playoffs. I mean, he's he's incredible. Yeah, you know, 36 age, uh, years of age, I believe. And he's up for the Vesna Trophy this year, which really surprises everyone because this is the first time he's ever been nominated for the Vesna Trophy and in, in all the years he's been around. So uh, just a great story. And, you know, there is a there is a an attitude issue with uh, Fleury, and, and which makes it – he's so positive. He has so much fun. And I think that goes a long way to keeping them, you know, the energy he needs, the the motivation you need at this age, at the, his age, to make sure he keeps going. And you know, all the preparation that goes into it, you've got to have it up here first. And, and he's got it up there. And he just goes to the rink every day with a big smile, has a great time. And he brings that into these games. He sure does. I mean, what a, I mean, we, my wife and I, when we go to the, uh, we've seen them play in, in, in T-Mobile and we've seen them play obviously when they come to Staples and, and uh, Anaheim and we just always, and we, we were at Stanley cup games watching him play when he's with Pittsburgh. And just when he like talks to those goalposts, it is just <laughs> such, 
<laughs> it's really hilarious. He's such a, he's really like a, a superstitious guy that way. And he feels they're part of his, his clan and taking care of the, uh, the, the net. Yeah, and you know, he, he, he has great conversations with the officials and he's always laughing and smiling. His defense, uh, defenseman comes back to him. He's got a big smile on his face. And you know what? In the middle of a pressure-filled situation, I think that takes a lot of pressure off everyone because they see how he's handling it. And they feel, hey, well, if he's going to have fun, I'm going to have fun too. Well, it was really cool. I mean, uh, the Golden Knights uh, really did play strong last night. But it is a seven-game series for that, for that reason. Uh, they've got loads of offensive weapons. Max Pacioretty probably has a, a little bit of extra hop in his step playing against Montreal. Uh, what did you think about Montreal last night when they showed up? I mean, you, you know, I'm sure Tyler Toffoli really well. And uh, there's Corey Perry, like kind of, you know, cracking, cracking the whip and making things happen. But uh, they, they, had a, they had a great first period. What happened after that? Well, they, they got themselves into some penalty trouble, which got them out of a rotation. They had the, a good rotation going, a good rhythm, a good tempo to their game. Yeah, I mean, the first 10 minutes, first 15 minutes, first period, Montreal outplayed uh, Vegas. And uh, during the broadcast, uh, I ended up saying, I said, you know, there was no score yet. And I said, Montreal has to score first in this game because they played so well. And as soon as Vegas scored, I felt at least that, that it's just uh, insurmountable to come back. Uh, I mean, going into the series, I mean, to me, Vegas is a heavy, heavy favorite. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's I'm not taking anything away from Montreal. I'm just that's the way I see it. I see their balance. I see their depth. I see the speed and size combination that they have. Um, I don't think many teams that Montreal has played have that. And um, you know, if I I would say you know Vegas in five, and my second guess would be Vegas in four. I mean, that's wow. how strongly I believe that they they just have more than Montreal has to give. I felt Montreal played a a pretty good game. And they end up losing. And uh, those are the opportunities, especially in a series, when you play well, especially when you're the underdog. When you play well, you have to get that win. And unfortunately for Montreal, they played well, but they couldn't get the win. Well, you know, and you hear the guys uh, on, uh, you know, NHL Tonight and on the, on you know, uh, N- uh, NBC Sports Network all saying, Montreal's playing with house money at this point. Like, they, they didn't expect to be here. So, like, good for them. Let's see what they can do. I think the Vegas Golden Knights are, are truly on a, on a mission and they picking up like all through the, this, you know, for shortened season, picking up Alex Petrangelo. I mean, there are things that Vegas did that, that really have set them on a course, you know, for the Stanley cup. I would, I would be shocked if Montreal is able to pull it out at all, but uh, I think uh, they we'll see, we'll see when they go back to, uh, to their home court, if there's any, any changeover, I, I, I think it's going to be a tough game on Wednesday night for uh, for Montreal and Vegas. That that place is insane. It is really rocking. I, I think to a certain extent, in all honesty, I think it helps Montreal uh, because they have not played in front of crowds. And even though it's a home crowd for Vegas, I, I just think the energy in the building is something that Montreal has not experienced in over a year now. And I think it gives them a little bit of energy, a little bit of life. Uh, I, I just don't think they have the roster to, to meet up with Vegas and, and I think most people feel the way I do as far as even if it was Colorado making it through, I think the same would have been there is that uh, those two teams seem to have the strength uh, that certainly in these matchups here in the semifinal, uh, Montreal would be difficult to overcome both. But again, I, I have no problem saying what I'm saying. I have no problem giving Vegas the heavy favorite. 
at the same time, uh, I've been through it many times before where you just, that's why you play the games. I mean, that's, that's what you're going for. And, you know, would I be surprised in Montreal? Yeah, I would be, I would be astonished if they come back, but it's still possible. And, uh, you know, they, they showed me last night in the first period that, uh, they're speedy forwards and, you know, two men pressure on the forecheck. They can, they can give you a little trouble because, uh, they're buzzing all over the place and they don't give you much time to move the puck. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that, that is the key. I mean, I, I think this, uh, this combination of veteran players and, uh, and young blood on uh, Montreal is really, uh, it's exciting to watch. And uh, you see, you see how they, they're able to kind of, you, you see the old guard, but you also see these fast I mean, uh, that uh, Cole Caulfield, obviously something else. I mean, he's going to, He's got a big, big, bright career ahead of him for sure, but he's he's showing up in these playoffs, and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, this will be a great experience for him. Uh, Twenty years old, hasn't even played a full NHL season. Uh, jump in right from the University of Wisconsin, and uh, you know he's you know he's the modern day type of player in that he's not all that big, but it doesn't matter anymore. The rules have been amended over the years that allows you know the hooking and holding and uh, the brute force to a certain extent to be taken away. And out of the game, so you can't hold up anymore. You can't grab. You can't get your body in the way. You have to play a skilled game. And the guy like Caulfield, you know, you 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 get the sense that he knows exactly where that next opening is going to be. He's quick enough to get there. He's quick enough to dodge the traffic. Yeah, he's going to get hit every once in a while, but uh, it's not going to stop him. And then uh, we've seen it at different levels. Uh, we probably saw it on his rebound goal last night. His release is fantastic. The amount of force and energy he gets into yeah. a shot. Uh, and, you know, the modern day technology with the sticks and how you use that to, to make it work. Uh, he's a dynamic player. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was fun that his family was there and it, it was, uh, it was an exciting moment. I'm sure for them. Um, before we jump over to uh, speaking of brute force, the uh, Islanders uh, and the Tampa Bay uh, um, team, I wanted to talk to you about what you're up to uh, lately, but because I, I understand that you're like now like a, a vintner. Are you now like a winemaker? Um, well, it's been a while now. Uh, we, I'm, uh, I'm a, a co-founder of a, a wine brand called Patine Cellars. Yeah, I, I think we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's French. Patine is French for to have skated, the past tense of skate. Um, so we make uh, our winemaker. His name is Mike Smith. Uh, he's, he's not the goaltender in everything. <laughs> uh, but um, a phenomenal job he does for us. And uh, we make single vineyard designate Pinot Noirs. So we have three different Pinot Noirs. Uh, they all come from three different vineyards. We don't blend those together. We bottle them separately. Uh, our first finish was back in 2011. So wow, we've had a lot, a lot of going. So um, yeah, we, our current release is the 2018. So basically what we do is we, we ferment the, the juice and then we put it in oak for about eight to 10 months, 50% uh, new French oak. Uh, then we put it in bottle for a whole year. We don't release it right away. We like to settle down a little bit to get a little bit of maturity within the bottle, inside the bottle. So, uh, like I said, 18 is our current release. Um, 2019 will be released coming uh, this fall. Wow. Where are the, And where's the, uh, where are the grapes from? We have three vineyards that we source the uh, grapes from. Uh, two of them are in the Petaluma Gap, which is basically Santa Rosa, Sonoma Coast. Yeah. So if you're looking towards the mountain in Santa Rosa, that's uh, basically where Gaps Crown Vineyard is and Sunchase Vineyard. So two of those vineyards right there in the Petaluma Gap of uh, the Sonoma Coast. Then we have one vineyard that we source from uh, south of that, about 45 minutes south of Monterey. It's called Santa Lucia Highlands area, the AVA there. 
And Sobranus is the name of the vineyard. So uh, we feel we have three world-class vineyards. We have a world-class winemaker in Mike Smith. I think Mike has just been given, he has his own wine label, but he's just been given his 17th 100-point score. So um, it's going very well. Yeah. That sounds good. I'll have to uh, stop stop by uh, High Time Cellars there in uh, Newport. Only off the web, only off our website. We're direct oh, really? to customer. Only off the website. We don't make a lot. We're very very small. So Patney Cellars, P A T I N E C E L L A R S dot com, and that's where you can find it. We'll ship it right to you. All right, we'll put it up on the uh, on the Instagram and uh, get it out to Thank everybody you. for sure. Thank you. Yeah, no, that was uh, very interesting. I was uh, I was like, then Pinots are my favorite, by the way. Ah. So. I will order up a bunch. I got to support nice. the game. You know? Very nice. That's cool. Um, so back over to the, uh, you know, to the Islanders. Like this first game, and I don't want to know what the score is now. So I'm going to, I'm taping it. I'm going to watch it tonight. And by the way, taping it shows you my age. Um, so I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm recording it, I guess. The, uh, but we can, um, you know, I, I thought this first game, yeah, the Islanders, played a textbook Barry Trotz Islanders game. Did you think so? Yes, uh, I think that's that's the one thing that you're going to get from the Islanders. You're going to get a consistent. They're not going to change, and they're not going to beat themselves. So you're going to have to find ways to break through what they provide, and that they provide structure. Uh, they don't come at you all that hard because they're they're very comfortable in defending. Uh, at the same time, if you make a mistake, that's when they kill you. And I know on the first goal of the game one, uh, you know, turnover actually got kind of a double turnover by Stampost, and all of a sudden it's back the other way. And that's kind of what they wait for. I think in all honesty, it's the most, not the most exciting brand of hockey no. uh, because they are kind of counter-punching. They're waiting to see what you're going to do first. Uh, at the same time, when you get a group of players like that, Barry Trotz is the head coach, uh, Lou Lamorello, of course, and the executive, they select players that are going to play their roles, be happy with their roles, and not, you know, low maintenance. And that's what they get from the players. And it's so effective on the ice. You know, and by the way, they are where they are without uh, their captain. You know, Anders Lee's sitting up in the box watching watching the games. I mean, I, I feel awful for the guy. But, you know, this is that just shows you the depth of this team. Yeah, you know, they added Kyle Palmieri at the trade deadline. He, I think, well, he scored like two goals for them in the regular season. Nothing. He really wasn't. Then he's got seven or eight now in the playoffs already. So, uh, just the type of fit that they felt they needed to replace uh, Anders Lee. You know, just the offense, at least around the net. Paul Mary's more of a sniper than Lee is. I think Lee's a big body that goes to the front, bangs and rebounds. But Paul Mary, you know, he, he's, he loves that traffic area and he goes there. Um, to me, they picked him up a year ago. J.G. Pajot, to me, is the, he just, you know, he's the Swiss army knife. He, he fits everywhere. He does everything. He's a power play. He's a penalty kill. He's offensive. He can shut you down. He can take faceoffs. Um, I don't think he's underrated, so to speak, because because he does so many things. I think uh, everyone realizes his value and importance, but uh, I think he will start to get more and more credit as it goes along. Yeah, he he was um, he's an exciting player. I mean, I, I I think I I I don't remember if it was when he was on. Uh, it may have been when he was up in Ottawa. Ottawa, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. and he gave the Penguins so much trouble on the way to the Stanley Cup that I just said this guy, this kid is going to be something else, and he has matured into a like like you said. I love the the analogy of the Swiss Army Knights because he really is totally versatile, and he's 
he's a power player and you know he'll throw a mean check if he needs to he's he's all over the place and he's really he's done great for the islanders i mean i think the islanders are playing a just like i said it's a textbook islanders win and you know i'll see what happens tonight and so will you but uh it's exciting because i mean the tampa bay lightning is no slouch of a team and so to be able to get in the in the ring with those guys it's it's a big deal yeah you know i guess the way i explain it many times is this if if both teams play their best, if both teams play their best, I say the Lightning wins. Much like if the both teams play their best in the other series, I think it's Vegas that's going to win. But especially with the Islanders, especially with them, they do all these little things that prevent you from playing your best. Right. And, and that's, that's just that's their DNA. They're, they're there to disrupt. They're not there to overtake you or, you know, swarm. they're just there to disrupt what you're trying to do. And when you do that and then you try to force it, that's when they kill you. And you saw it. You saw Steven Stamkos and you saw Kucherov making mistakes. You know, these guys don't make mistakes. They, they, were, they were making errors. Kalorn made errors. They, they don't make those kind of mistakes unless they're forced to. And, and as you said, I, I know the Islanders, they probably were grinning ear to ear walking into the, into the locker room, taking one in Tampa Bay. You know, that was, yeah, that sure. was a very big deal. Yeah. And you know what? I, I found a similar thing with the game last night here in Vegas where I felt Pacioretty was forcing things. Uh, his line did not have a good game at all. Yeah. And I felt he, he, you know, because, you know, former Montreal captain, he really wanted to have a great impression in the first game. And it wasn't going their way. And he started to, you know, try these passes into the middle and turning it over. And I'm sure that, the, you know, the coaching staff are just going to kind of calm him down in that they want to make sure that he's there to, uh, to help them out as opposed to, you know, don't force it here. You know, the overwhelming power and skill of Vegas, if they just kind of steamroll you, they're going to get there. You don't have to force it. But he was, and it cost him a couple times. It didn't cost him on the scoreboard, but it cost him a chances against. Yeah, no, I saw that too. I mean, Pacioretty, when he's, when he's calm, cool, and collected, he's deadly. He's a, he's a natural goal scorer. He makes Mark Stone, you know, a – a three times better player than he is without Pacioretty. Uh, I really think, uh, I think he's, he's got all the goods that it, it takes to, to really do some damage. And I think he scored his 300th goal or something, right? It was that last night. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's, he's got a really, he's got a really heavy shot in that he, he doesn't give you any visual cues that he's going to shoot. He, he doesn't have a big backswing and, you know, he doesn't have to really load it up. He just has the great hands, great wrists and, uh, he surprises so many people because before you know it, the puck's on top. It doesn't look like he's leaning into it, but he gets a lot on it. Well, we'll see where that goes. Um, there's a couple, couple other uh, little nuggets that I think was uh, interesting over the last day or two. I, I like, what do you think about the coaching change in uh, New York with Gallant taking over the Rangers? Yeah, it's, you know, I really, I, I know Gallant more than I know the Rangers. Uh, because of the time he did spend here in Vegas when they went to the cup the first year. Um, it looks like the Rangers are on their way up. It, it looks like I really, I enjoy watching the Rangers. I, I think they play a very exciting brand of hockey. They like to attack. They like their defensemen to get involved. I like everyone going forward. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of fun to watch them. Very, a very dynamic approach. And I, I think Gallant in the past, he's had teams that stress offense. So it's not like, He's not like a, a coach that comes in like a Barry Trotz and really settles things down and stabilizes a foundation of defense. Yes, you need that, 
And Galat will help provide that. But I think he's not afraid to open it up a little bit. And I think that may be the best fit. Looks like a pretty good fit for the Rangers. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. I got a, a text from former Ranger Ron Duguay, of all people. And I said, I think that this is really what's going to open it up for Fox and for Artemi Panarin, uh, you know, and, and the, they, the weapons that they have on that team. I think are really going to benefit from Gallant's coaching style. And I think it'll be an exciting year for the Rangers. They definitely, they definitely have acquired some, some firepower. And I I think Mika's Zabanajov is just, he's, he's a force. That that guy is just, he's giant and he's got a mean shot and he's fast as, as could be. I think with the right combinations of, of players and maybe his line that he has now is okay, but I think he's going to keep, getting better and better. I love watching him play. He's really fun. Yeah, and of course, they're going to have, you know, two younger players, Capo uh, and um, Lafreniere, that, you know, are very, very high picks. And, you know, in two to three years, they're going to be right at it, and they're going to be producing. And that's going to make that just at the right time. It's not like the Rangers will have to go out and acquire anyone else. No. They already have them. It's just they're young right now, and they're maturing. But when they mature the firepower just goes up even more. Yeah, I think the Devils keep saying that same thing, although it hasn't, hasn't panned out for them. I hope it does. I mean, they have, they have some great players that haven't made it happen. Um, back to the hometown, uh, what's it like watching Tyler Toffoli play for, uh, for Montreal? He had a banner year. Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, he's, 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 a, he's a player that uh, when we saw him with the Kings when he was at his best, he, he's not a fast skater. Uh, there's there's a few running backs in the NFL that kind of like where they don't hit the line with a whole bunch of speed. They wait for the hole to develop and then they, you know, accelerate. And I think Tyler's that type of player. He doesn't have to be at top speed, but when the, when the opening is there, that's when he kicks it up a notch and uh, his release, his shot is it's right up. It's five top 5% in the, in the league. So uh, yeah. he's doing fine there. And you no, know, Hey, I, I, I I know how it works in the, in the business of sports and all oh, the Kings, you know, and Jeff Carter. Well, you know what? If Jeff Carter would have been doing what he was doing with the uh, Penguins as he's doing with the Kings, he would still be with the Kings. <laughs> totally. Let's that face was, it. Uh, he, that he was, was not engaged. He was not, Jeff Carter was not engaged at the end. He just wasn't. And that's, that's, I understand what's going on there. You know, you have a team that's in a rebuild. He's at the end of his career or coming, you know, the back nine, so to speak. And, you know, I just don't think that he was engaged 100%. And then, of course, you go to a new life, a new thing, a team that has some superstars, that, and it keeps going. Uh, Tyler's in the other – you know, Tyler's – he's leading that team. Like, he is taking control of that team, and they're, they're kind of following him offensively. Like, what's the top line on Montreal right now? Well, it's Suzuki, Toffoli, and Caulfield. That's the top line. I mean, it's not the veteran line. It's not, you know, Deneau gets the shutdown and Gallagher and all that. But to me, the top line on Montreal, the line you have to worry about the most offensively would be Tyler's line. Definitely. I, th- I mean, he's he put up big numbers this year for Montreal. He didn't put up numbers like that for the Kings. And, you know, I think it's it's great for him. I mean, he's a you know, super nice guy. Uh, interestingly, my dad, uh, who is retired in Maui, works at a uh, golf course where his entire wedding party showed up uh, oh, okay. right before the wedding. I don't know if you went, but uh, I did not, but I, I've seen pictures. <laughs> so he, my dad calls me, he goes, all right, do you know any of these names? 
Jones, he was like Martin Jones, uh, Dave Andrichuk, Tyler Toffoli. I was like, yeah, I know all those names. What are you talking about? He's like, there you go. we're all playing golf in my court. He's a starter there. Like that's his retirement gig. Right. You know, nice. it's just, I think it's just so he can get the free golf, but he, uh, he lives across the street from the course. And he said they were a hell of a nice people. I said, they're great guys. I mean, they're, they're really solid and, and just awesome players. So I'm, I'm happy for Tyler. I was yeah, really happy sure. to see really happy to see Jeff Carter make a contribution for the Penguins. I mean, obviously, you know, that's my, uh, that's my, my team. So I have my surgical hat here. There you go. Um, but it was great to watch him because I know they brought him in as, you know, a face-off man. And he did way more than that. He well, really I, delivered. I, I mean, you know what you're going to get from Crosby. You know that. Everything else taken into consideration, expectations, I think Jeff Carter brought more than anyone else on the team. That's what I felt in the playoffs. I, I felt he, he raised his game to a level that maybe was unexpected. I'm sure Pitts were going to say no. That's why they traded for him. They knew he could do it. Um, you know, <laughs> the importance would go to Crosby. He'd be your first guy. But uh, I think the next guy in line in the playoffs was Jeff Carter. Yeah, he, he was spectacular. So fun to watch him. He was he – was, and that's the other thing. I think it was just a surprise to the other team. They did, it was an X factor they didn't expect. And, uh, you know, uh, kudos to Ron Hextall for, you know, making yep. that move. I mean, it's a, that's a, that was a strong move, and it really paid yep. off. Unfortunately, of course, the Islanders trounced him, but uh, that's all right. We're all we're I, all I would say uh, with Jeff Carter, the best player in the best series I ever saw. Yeah. So that's the semifinal series against the Chicago Blackhawks in 14. <laughs> I think Jeff Carter was the best player in that series. And not only me, independent sources, non-Blackhawk, non-King sources, they say that's the most exciting series they've ever seen. And uh, I'm ready to I put that at the top of my list, too. I agree. That was a killer series. And it was really fun to watch. And you're right. Jeff Carter you know, made a name for himself of epic levels to go down in history books, not just for the Kings, but I think in the NHL for, for a long time. It was great watching him play. Well, Jim, any other uh, final thoughts on the playoffs? Who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Well, I'm going to tell you who I hope wins the Stanley Cup. All right. I hope it's the Tampa Bay Lightning repeating again. Um, I'd like to think that they can overcome what the Islanders can bring. I think the Islanders are going to give trouble to any team they play, whether it's Tampa Bay right now, whether it's Montreal, or whether it's Vegas next round. They're, They're going to make it. Difficult, but I, again, I like the style of Tampa Bay. Um, I don't think they're the best team. I think the best team is the team that I don't want to see win. So uh, that's uh, I'll leave it at that. How's that? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's see what happens. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, give us your uh, your vineyard, your uh, website for your wine one more time. Well, thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate that. It's a uh, it's Patine. So P is in Paul. So it's P-A-T-I-N-E-C-E-L-L-A-R-S dot com. And if you just want to Google Jim Fox's wine, it'll come up right there for you. So oh, good. All right. Well, you know, we'll we'll get I know our listen, our our followers are guys like us. So they're gonna be they're gonna be on it. We don't Perfect. we don't have like knuckleheads like listening to this thing. <laughs> These people like they like wine, they like expensive cars, and they like expensive golf. So Perfect. We, we have learned that about our listeners. It's a, it's a very curated demographic. So <laughs> it, it's, it's not a bad thing. I'm glad well, to be part of it. Absolutely. No, we're happy you could come on. We always love your, uh, your commentary and uh, enjoy the playoffs. I'm, uh, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun to get. Are you doing stuff for the Cup, too? 
I will not do anything in the final note. Um, I, I've decided I, I just uh, enough's enough for me right now. So uh, we got a big summer coming up. My wife's 60th birthday and uh, our 40th anniversary. So wow. we're, we're going to have a chance. So hopefully now everything's kind of getting back to normal. So we're going to have a lot of time to celebrate. Well, that sounds great. Congratulations. 40 years. That's that Thank is uh, that is no small feat. <laughs> so it's a tough one. Yeah. Congrats, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll uh We'll probably re-engage back in the uh, fall with the new season. I'm looking forward to a, a you know, full 82-game season, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Jim. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to Dr. Hockey. Check out new episodes every Thursday and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or at podcast1.com.